Welcome to the Technical File Podcast for Thursday, March 23rd. Yeah, I forgot the date. My bad. 2017. I am your host, Mr. Manny Brown, joined by my co-host. What's good? What up? What up? Jonathan, a.k.a. Mo. Yeah, for another excellent episode of uh, Technical File Podcast. This is going to be a great one, too, you guys. Well, it's a, a reckoning today, so. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. What up, Luke? What's going on, people? This is Luke, man. Back at it again. One third of the three sports of tears, man. About to have a, ha- about to have a hell of a show, man. About to have a hell of a show. <laughs> I wonder why y'all so energized today. I wonder why. I'm always energized, man. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I don't know, but it seems like today is a special reason why y'all energized. I don't know. It just seems, it just seems like something something more than usual, I guess. No. It, it's normal when it's you, but, you know. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, yeah, man, we're, back. We, we're here with a show uh, a day late, man. We had some uh, personal matters to attend to last night. Uh, just know that Tacoma Public Utilities is a piece of shit organization. That's all. But uh, yeah, I won't get into the stories too much because I don't want to get pissed off here in a in a in a, in a public setting. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's why we coming at y'all a day later. But uh, what's good, man? Uh, this tournament, this tournament. Uh, I guess I guess I'll go ahead and start. Um, you know, I don't want to bury the lead and all, but uh, it was a sad it was a sad day uh, Sunday night. Sunday night about uh Sunday night about what seven ish West Coast time. It's a real sad, it's a real real sad night. My time blue, of my death. That's yeah. the that was the time of death. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah yeah whatever. Uh, my Blue Devils. Uh, uh, man had a had a tough defeat at the hands of. Uh, <clears throat> oh man, at the hands of. Uh, whew, South Carolina. Have a hard time getting it out? Yeah. Well, yeah. Get it out, bro. Get it out, my <laughs> Yeah, at the hands of South Carolina, man. The South Carolina Gamecocks, who, who ain't been relevant in like 17 years. But, you know. Relevant now. Nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, yeah, nonetheless, they're relevant now. They beat Duke 88-81 in basically a road game. Basically a road game in the NCAA tournament. Oh, nah, we ain't trying to hit that, no, man. No, no, Don't make no, us go. Listen, listen, Don't make really? us go back in the tapes listen. where you was dismissing Luke about the whole Duke getting uh, home games in Greensboro. I, I will. I will say this: there has been many. Duke travels well, okay, don't it? Duke, we travel. Listen, we travel. Listen, listen. You're a universal brand. <laughs> <laughs> listen, man. I, I am not gonna put this on the schedule makers or the NCAA committee. Duke just got the bad bad luck this year, man. You know what? It had had Marquette won, I don't think the South Carolina thing would have made any difference. Unfortunately for Duke, South Carolina ended up advancing, and it became a road game. I mean, there's been many a year where we played NCAA tournaments in the first round, second rounds in in Carolina. So these things are cyclical. So you know, I can't make too much of it, man. I will make a I will make 
a lot out of the officiating, man. That was one of the worst officiating games I've ever oh, seen. Oh, man. Uh, Stop, no, dude. Oh, Listen, so, okay, so some they of those... Are, so some of those guys are foul trouble, too. I'm not saying they didn't. I'm not saying they didn't, but we're going to act like those, some of those foul calls weren't iffy. On both, on both sides. On both to sides. Me, to me, only one of them was really bad. The one where Amir Jefferson... Uh, they called it on him at the half court line where they yeah. were, had the guy trapped. Yeah, yeah, I call, I agree with that. Yeah, that, that was, was a horrendous call. Yeah, but that other than bad. that, I think it was tip for tap bad calls on both sides. So you yeah. can't. It was oh overly but, South but Carolina. That's what I said. But that's, but that's what I said. I never said it was overly South Carolina. I just said it was the, one of the worst officiated games ever. Like I think it was it was bad on both sides. I think it affected Duke more than it affected South Carolina because South Carolina was able to make continue to make plays. Huh? You know, not like that. They made free throws. What were they, like 20 out of 22 or something? Yeah. Yeah. As a team? Yeah. Or, or is it that just the ACC is overrated? Oh, yeah. We, well, we can get into that, too, because there's only one ACC team left. Out see. of how many? I, I, you put nine tournament, and you only got one to reach the Sweet 16? Hmm. And I recall a certain somebody talking about the SEC is trash. As Look, a, as a, they <laughs> said the SEC and the Pac-12 were, tr- were trash. And I'm like, well, the, the Pac-12 is just like the ACC. They're top-heavy. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. How many, how many SEC and Pac-12 teams are left? Three and three. Luke, you got how, your hoodie? How much of a humble pie do you have to eat today? Luke, you got your hoodie? Did you get your hoodie yet? Did you get your dude hoodie yet? Because I ain't forgot about that. You got my what? Oh you my. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't forgot about the bet. Hey, man, don't be trying to bring out the past, man. You got to live with this one, man. Oh, I'm going to live with it, man. I'm gonna live. Listen, look, I, I'm going to write the obituary on the Duke Blue Devils season, man. Listen. Uh, but you can't take nothing away from South Carolina, though. Because no, no, I listen. Because Coach K knew. You could tell that Coach K knew this was about to be tough. He said it before the game. He was like, these dudes, this is probably the most physical Toughest defensive team we faced all year long. And that's exactly I, what happened. Told, they were in their faces. Truth be told, I, I was what, a little what worried. Where Luke Kennard went? Where did Lukey went? One for like one for eight? They were in his face, Luke. They were all over him. Manuel Grant told me he was the best college basketball player. And, and he, he was the best player. He, he should be the player of the year. Exactly. They got in his grill and they got in Grayson Allen grill. He's garbage. That's why. Like, I'm. Listen, when you put them hounds out there, man, when you when you go out there and put five athletic guys on the court, say, hey, man, get a shot. It ain't that easy, man. I'm telling you, him and Jason Tatum are two different animals. Okay. Luke and all looks good when he's playing against other white boys. I'm going to be honest with <laughs> you. When, when you put him out there with thoroughbreds, boys who just athletic, like, all right, man, go go lock him down right quick. Yeah, because Dorsey and Thorwell were in his face. It looked a little different for Luke Kennard, man. It looked like he ain't played against brothers in a while when he's playing. Yeah, Dozier, Dozier and Thornwell, they were all in his grill all night long. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me when uh when uh when uh Jeremy Lin went, went on that Lin Sanity tear, right? And then they went to Miami. <laughs> and like and like they put all of like they put LeBron and D Wade on him. It was like, all right, man, let's see that Lin Sanity. He had like six points. It was like, yo, what the fuck happened to Lin Sanity? <laughs> it's a different level, man. <laughs> uh, are y'all finished? Nah, man, we ain't done. Y'all finish or y'all done? If you want to, man. Y'all finish or y'all done? Nah, well, all right, Birdman. What's going on, man? <laughs> listen, man. Listen. You about to cry man? Nah, man, I'm good. You know, I had a couple days to marinate, man. I had, I had a couple days to let this loss sink in, man. And, uh, you know, truth be told, I was a little worried about this game coming into it because I, I kind of figured it, it, it kind of looked like it was one of those games that, that Duke. Trap game? It was one of those trap games. I think, I think. 
you, you can't say that the venue didn't play a role in it. I'm not saying that it was unfair. Look, we just got the bad luck of the draw. I'm not, I'm not debating that.
you know, figure around it. I, I would say injuries played a, a, a huge role in it. I, I just think that when you have so many injuries to so many key guys, you just never get to gel. And it's not like the NBA season where it's 82 games. You've got time to kind of kind of get in the rhythm and flow of things. I mean, college basketball is basically, what, 30, 35 games? You know, it's not enough time for a team to gel in that, in that, in that time frame, with, especially with injuries. And then I also think, I just think it just didn't fit. Just something was off. It just didn't fit. The pieces didn't, you know, sometimes these teams, you take a shot, you build these super teams, and it just doesn't fit. It doesn't work. It doesn't, the pieces don't all come together. And I think that was the problem with Duke this year, man. It just didn't come together. It didn't, it didn't work. They never, they never looked consistent all year, though. Like, even when they were winning, I was like, eh. You know, yeah, they're winning, but. Eh. Yeah, there was just in the, Even in the ACC tournament. I knew this was going to happen because even you guys, you were excited about winning the ACC tournament. But every game you had to come back, like yeah. every game you had to dig deep, and that's what—that's what happened. You're saying you're saying that you guys weren't deep enough, and the four days and four nights killed you. But you don't win the ACC tournament without being that short of a leash. Because if y'all have went to y'all bench in the ACC tournament, y'all would have lost in the second yeah, round. Yeah, we would have lost. So, I mean, it plays both. It obviously it plays. And I'm the guy that, that sat here on the podcast and said that I don't like teams that play too many guys because I feel like it works both ways. I feel like you. I feel like teams can get in trouble when they play too many, too many guys, and then when they play too little guys. And I think it works both ways. I really do. Well, yeah, I think, I think which it, I go seven. I mean, don't play ten or twelve. I mean, like, personally, eight, personally, don't play seven. I mean, we but play, everybody. We play, it depends on like how the coach manages it. We play because seven. Florida State, they didn't do a good job of managing it. They have a, they go eleven, twelve deep, and they fell apart. But North Carolina also goes eleven, twelve deep, and they're doing a good job of managing it. Yeah, I, I just I think uh, I, I just think I think for like with, with us, like we play seven deep and name only. Like realistically, we were six deep. I mean, let's be real. Like, yeah. like we were just basically yeah. six deep. We were six deep uh, until basically late in the season, where we got some. You know, Jackson started to come on, and Giles started to get his legs up under him. Um, you know, for the most part, though, we were basically a five, six man team, and I think that hurt us. I think it hurt us all year. I think it definitely. And, hurt and Matt us. Jones did not have a good year at all. Yeah, where was he? Yeah, his his shooting. Well, his I mean, Matt Jones' shooting has been off for really two years. Really, the last two years, his his. his but I can't. I'm not gonna put this on Matt Jones. I mean, you know, Matt Jones has some big shots. Really didn't show up. Yeah, but I, you know, <laughs> but, but Matt, I can't put it on Matt Jones, man. No, look like hey, man. This nigga Mo ain't trying to give no nigga a pass. God damn. <laughs> Put everybody accountable. Put the feet to the fire. <laughs> Put everybody feet to the fire, nigga. Shit, fuck it. But no, uh, I mean, look, I'm not gonna blame on on Matt Jones. I mean, if, if if I'm blaming the fact that Duke didn't advance on Matt Jones, then we have some. Serious no, I'm not problems. saying. I'm not saying it's all him. But as far as y'all's depth, he didn't oh, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, of, of course, if Matt Jones played like Matt Jones played two, three years ago, especially on the championship squad. Like, of course, like it's not even an It's not even. A debate. Because like Luke was saying, Jason Tatum was the guy. He was the only guy to, hey, give him the ball and he's he going to get y'all a shot. T- Tatum had the uh, the team on his back for yeah. for a while. And I think I think Luke got worn down. Um, I think I think if, if there was one player that I think all the game, I think the, the, the lack of death and the, and the games and the physicality, I think definitely wore on, I think it was Luke Kennard. I think it definitely, I think it wore him out by the time he got to the tournament. Or the season, and I think by the time he definitely got to the ACC tournament, and then by the time he got to the tournament tournament, it, it really wore him down because he was just not—he he wasn't himself. I mean, you can hate Luke Kennard, think he was over, but I mean, 
he was not himself in those games. And yeah, I think he lost he, us. When you looked at him earlier in the year, he was playing really well. And then towards the end of the year, going into the tournament, even before that, he wasn't really yeah. as good as he was earlier in the year. Yeah, I mean... I think also defense plays a factor on it because, like, it's, it's just like... College season is just like the NBA regular season in a way. Like, people take nights off in college we'll, basketball we'll, just we'll, like they do in the we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that, trust me. Listen, man. And, yeah, we are. But but when you go to the tournament, like I said, when you went out there and you seen South Carolina play, they it, they had thoroughbreds that can run. Yeah. Just, hey, we, we in your grill the whole game. This You ain't getting no easy shots. There, there's no such thing as a free layup in the NCAA nope. tournament. So No, no, absolutely. I think you kind of get exposed about your athleticism. And a, a lot of people think, you know, basketball is a lot of skill. But in college basketball, a lot of it is just athleticism, man. Like, if you can make a jump shot, cool. But if you're more athletic than the other team, nine out of ten times, you're going to win. Oh, yeah. Uh, and South Carolina was uh, – yeah, South Carolina was way more athletic than you guys. And you've seen it with the Kentucky run. You know, the, the Kentucky run when they when they had a terrible seed, what they was like the eight or nine seed that yeah. year? Yeah. When they, when they lost the championship game? They were just more athletic than them. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say I'm not going to sit there and say specifically athleticism because I, I feel like athleticism is one of those overrated traits. Like, like, like Florida State was super athletic and they lost Xavier. Like, so yeah, but they were on a great defensive team. Either, but, 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 yeah. but that's the thing. But that's the thing, though. Like, also, it's a problem when you play 12 people. I think if Florida State played eight people, they would have beat them. They play eight men. Dude, they, Xavier, Xavier, eight Xavier men. embarrassed them, man. You can't say that, man. Xavier, I watched that game the, the entire game, sadly, and and they and just, they ran them off the court. Rhythm, though, when you play basketball, if you play, if you play a sport and you wrote if you constantly subbing me in and out of the game, there's yeah, four, no but way. That's the point, but that's the point. That's, yeah, he doing it. He doing it four or five guys at a time too. That, yeah, like there's no way. That's the point. I don't though. care who you are. That's what I, I think. That's what I think cost that Kentucky team a couple years ago. That that the the, the, yeah. the team that was famous for the for the uh, for the for the depth. I, I yeah. see what you're saying. All I'm saying is, I think athleticism gets a little bit overblown sometimes. Like I feel like, I, I think at the end of the day, the team that plays the best, get, you know, the best basketball on that given night, skillfully, is gonna win. I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that it's just athleticism or it's not, or it's athleticism and something. Like I think athleticism is definitely a part of it, but I don't think it's the, it's the, it's the only thing or the major key. Not to quote uh, DJ Khaled, but <laughs> but you know I don't think that's the only thing. Like I feel like sometimes athleticism gets a little bit overblown. I, I don't know. That's just me. That's my personal opinion. I'm not gonna sit there and say like you know this team won because they were just more athletic than everybody. I think at times that plays a role. Definitely, I'm not sitting there saying that. But I, I also think skill set, playing the game the right way. I think all those things come into and making plays. At the end of the day, basketball is about making plays. And but South Carolina, they but South Carolina, they're athletic, but they were also disciplined. They were one of these athletic teams that's just wild. It's different when you thing. have an athletic team that's that's offensive minded and they're mm-hmm. just out there running and gunning, as opposed to a team that's athletic, mm-hmm. but they're a defensive minded team. Listen, at the end of the day, I think I think I, this is how I'm gonna sum, summarize the Duke loss. I think South Carolina just made more plays than Duke. I think South Carolina oh, yeah. I mean, it, was the, on some one of the shots they were making. I mean, they were just like, hitting shots like oh, oh man. Somebody said it. I was listening to a, podcast, a Duke podcast after the game. I was like, "Yo, not if Duke and South Carolina played anywhere but that facility nine nine times out of ten, I, I, and they played ten times, Duke probably wins six or seven times." Well, I don't know. 
like, like, I, like you, you might think athleticism doesn't play a role, but I think it does. I think it plays a major role. Yeah, I think. So you're gonna, so you're gonna sit there and say that some of the like, shots the physicality and what most say the discipline that they play with. Like you said, it is more than just athleticism. But when you have the athleticism with that discipline that they show, then I mean it's it's hard to beat a team like okay, that. Okay, I granted. Especially hold on, hold on, especially if you don't have the same caliber of guys they have. You guys only have one or two players that can play up to that tempo, up yeah. to that caliber. Taylor and Jackson, that's about it. it. Outside of that, everybody's a skilled player who can just get by. Like, that, that's what it is. Like, you might not think athleticism plays this major role, but there's a reason why West, Russell Westbrook is considered the best player in basketball at this moment. He ain't overly skilled. I would disagree with that one, but okay. Oh, go ahead. It's, 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 he's more athletic at this at this at at his position than the people he's that he's going against. Now, skill does balance it out when you have the athleticism and skill that balances it out. I get it. Overly athleticism isn't going to be overly skilled every time. But that game I saw, I was like, mm, if you Listen, play ten times, I, I just you four okay, or five. Okay, granted, like, I, you, I'll give you, I'll give you the athleticism argument. But but be honest, Luke, they was hitting some shots that. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah, agree. I totally okay, agree. Okay, because they, because, they my counter, because, because my counter, because my counter, because my counter to that is because my counter to that is okay. You take the athleticism, you take all that that goes along with that that you just said, and you made a very Eloquent, valid argument. But then I can come back and say, if they play 10 times, they're not going to hit those shots every time. And that's what's going to be the counter. That's what I'm saying. That's what's going to be the counter. And their free, throw, their free throw shooting really killed y'all, especially in the second half. Exactly. Because at and, one point, and, I was like, and these Duke dudes is are really Because I saw guys going up to the free throw line and shoot like 60%. Exactly. Usually, that's what I'm saying. And like, they were like 6 think, to 6, think, 7 to 7. I, think, I was like, oh, yeah, these think, dudes are on tonight. I think South Carolina played the game of their lives. That's what I really do. I, I think South Carolina played. That was a crusade game for South Carolina. That was a game that that was their that was their Super Bowl. That was their NBA final. That was whatever make whatever comparison you want to make. That was their crusade. That was the game of their lives. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like that's the balance. And I, and you could also make the case that Duke, if they play ten times, Duke doesn't miss the shots that they make or that they that they that they miss in that game. Duke plays a lot better, you would think, in most of those games. I just feel like I hate these arguments of what – at the end of the day, we can have this argument all day. South Carolina won. That's the only thing that matters. Um, so we can we can write the obituary on – I think South Carolina has a good chance to get into the Elite Eight as well. Playing Baylor, I think they could – I think they match up yes. well with Baylor. I do. I think they match yeah, up well with Baylor. They're a mirror of Baylor. They're yeah. – I, I actually I actually think they have better skill players than Miller. I can see that. Uh, outside of Motley, Motley's the best player on the floor, skill wise. Maybe Wayne, right? But I think I think South Carolina has more dangerous offensive weapons. Cause that point guard, that little point guard, man, he killed us. Yeah. He killed Duke. I mean, in the second half, that dude just took over. He's from Brooklyn too. Um, the little cat, the little cat with the headband. I think his name was Pfizer. Was it Pfizer? I don't know what his name was, man. Honestly, but um, he fucking yeah, he a freshman. He a freshman too. Yeah, the freshman. Legit. Yeah, the freshman dude. He killed dude, man. He killed dude. So him, him matching up with that little light skin dude, um, that Baylor got. That's gonna be an interesting matchup. That's gonna be a definite. Inter- I know. Ma- I know Madison Square Garden is pissed off. 
Because <laughs> the last thing they thought of when they, <laughs> when they when those fans <laughs> bought tickets <laughs> was South Carolina, Baylor, and uh, Wisconsin, and uh, um, what's her face? What's the what's the other team in the in that region? Wisconsin and uh, who's Wisconsin play? Damn, who's Wisconsin? Yeah. I can't even think of it right now. I can't think of it right now either. I'm gonna blank on this. I'm blanking on it right now too. Who the fuck does Who's Wisconsin play? Florida, Florida. Oh yeah, Florida. Yeah, that's gonna be another tough defensive game. I think Wisconsin. That's, that's, win. Yeah, oh yeah, that is. So we can four defensive so we can, so we can so we can kind of move on from Duke, man. You know, we'll we'll, we'll have time to break down. Well, I guess before we, I guess before we move on from Duke, man, where, where do you kind of got? Where do you guys see the future of Duke? Obviously, Duke is not going to fall into obscurity. Obviously, they got another top. They're probably going to have another top class coming in next year. But I'm, I'm not even looking at the recruiting class. But just where do you guys see this current iteration of Duke of this team going? Do you guys? Obviously, Tatum is gone. He already announced he's he's going to the draft. Everybody in the world knew that. Um, but. Outside of Tatum, where do you guys see kind of the major players on this team going? They staying? They coming back? Where do you guys kind of see everything playing out? Hopefully, Giles stays. Yeah, Giles has to stay. I think he. I mean, if I was him, I would go. Like, shit, you're still gonna be a lottery pick, so don't fuck about her at yeah. this point. But if he stays, he still lottery with all with all the depth in this draft, he'll still make lottery. I think he's top ten. I mean, because you draft off potential, and especially you've seen you've seen what um. I don't Philadelphia know. Philadelphia did draft the big men sit a year or two. Okay, you say that, but you look at a Joel Embiid, who you thought when Joel Embiid came out but the wasn't thing ready. Embiid, but, the thing, but the thing with Embiid but, was he didn't have the injury history that this guy had. That this guy has. Like, and he had more. And he actually was playing well when Embiid was playing. He was dominating. I, I, I will say this: I, I can see Giles going late. I think you can't pass on the talent. Like I think you can't because if you look outside of what you got, you got Tatum, you got. Well, you got you got De'Aaron Fox. You got uh, I even think some people will pick him before they pick Caleb Swanigan. What? Yeah, I mean, because you you draft according to p- potential. Caleb Swanigan is a big man. Big men are extinct. If you are really overly athletic, I can see, I can see the Caleb Swanigan argument. What about what about what about? Uh, but then you're not gonna take him over Bam or Bayo. Ah, yeah, you yeah, that's right. It's true. What about T.J. Leaf? Martin. Marketing. I'm taking those three before I take him because I've seen them produce. You would think. You would. You there, would think there that. Are, there, there, still, there, there are a lot of dumbass GMs in the Harry NBA. Harry Giles being something special. There's a lot of dumbass GMs in the NBA too. Exactly. That's what. I, that, that's exactly what I'm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, if you say it like that, then okay, I see where you're coming from. Out of out of thirty teams, out of thirty teams, out of thirty teams, we know what Caleb Swanigan is, right? We know this is. You know, you Caleb Swanigan is going to be a fifteen and ten guy when he gets to the NBA, right? Harry Giles has the potential to be a 25 and 10 guy. I mean, of course, we're just drafting off potential. So, you know, it's some dumbass GM like, yeah, Harry Giles is better than Kim Swanigan. I think there's a lot of dumbass GMs in the league, uh, as we know. I think out of 30 teams, there's 23 of them that are dumb as fuck. So, <laughs> so I just think that one of them will I, – I can see him being drafted, like, right outside the lottery, like – like 17, 18 in that range. I don't see him. I think. Yeah. I think going in. I think. Because you're not. Because you're not factoring in all those European guys that some of these dumb GMs are gonna pick. Yeah. 
some of those guys are already rising up draft boards. I, I think from a basketball perspective, I think Giles should come back from a from a from a human standpoint. Go, obviously, it's always going to be go yeah, on yeah. all of these guys. Yeah, you get, you got to get paid. But I don't, I, analyze, I totally, I don't but I don't analyze. I don't I don't analyze it from a human perspective. Obviously, we do a sports show. We, we're going to analyze it from a basketball perspective. So from a basketball perspective, and obviously I'm a Duke fan. From a selfish perspective, selfishness perspective, <laughs> I'm gonna say. Definitely come back, but I don't. I don't see Giles coming back. I think Giles is just gonna because I think Giles is gonna look at it as okay. What if I get injured again next year and then yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm done. Yep. And and that's why I say as a basketball and as a as a human, I would say leave just because you know at this point, like if I get if I sustain another knee injury, nobody's gonna draft me. Yeah. You know, exactly. like so it's either. Never get drafted because now you're going to be labeled as the next Lamar Odom. I mean, uh, Greg Odin, Lamar Odom, uh, Greg Odin, or mm-hmm. you uh, you go now, man, and, and make yeah. the money that you got to make, man. Yeah. I, Absolutely. Somebody's going to just all, potential alone is going to get him drafted. Potential alone. Yeah. And so, all right. So moving on, then. Uh, obviously, we talked about Tatum. Tatum's already gone. Uh, Luke Kennard. Mm. There's a lot of rumors mm. that he's going to be in the in that late, uh, late to middle first round. Mm. Um, I'll say late, late. Me too. Early second round. Mm. Early second uh, round. Yeah. You look at all the mock drafts. They got him going in like the teens. Nah, it, I think that would be bad for him though. I think he needs to go to the right situation. Yeah, he needs to go somewhere to where, like, to the Spurs or something. Yeah, I think he needs to go somewhere where they can use his skill set and somewhere where he will fit in because he's going to end up being Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison, you you go high, they're going to expect a lot from you. Or the you kid from, uh, what's his name? Stauskas? Yeah, Nick or, Stauskas. Yeah, Nick Stauskas. Stauskas. Yeah. You end up being Jimmer Fredette. I'm just saying, man, listen, I, think like, he's I more, understand. I think he's more skilled like, you than have, those guys, though. With, with that skill set, you, you have to go into the right situation. Instead but, you of can, but you can say that about Jordan. every. You can say that about almost every draft pick. In a way yeah. that you got to be in the right situation. I mean, your top five. Your top I mean, five picks are normally uh, you can yeah, go anywhere. Uh, anyway, like you guys, yeah. but outside of the top, play, outside of the top five, coach. but outside of the top five, I mean, you can say that about any guy in the draft. So, I mean, yeah, look, that, I, that's what I say. It's about his fit. So I think you know he's better, like Mo said, a San Antonio, um, a Cleveland, uh, yeah. a Golden State, somewhere where you're not pressured into being. Relied on mm-hmm. instantly, and you personally, can mature into a player. Personally, and, and I'm higher on Luke Kennard than you guys are, obviously. But um, I think personally, Luke should stay. Uh, I think he should stay another year. I think he should. Get, I think he should work on his uh, on his stamina. I think he should work on uh, his, his 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 body get stronger. Um, you know, kind of handle contact better, physicality a little bit better. I think he can work on those things. I think for me, because I also think like. Because there's an argument that, well, he should go because his draft stock may not be as high as it ever. This might be as high as his draft stock ever is anyway. And true, from that, when you look at it from that way, you know, absolutely. But at the same time, skill-wise, right now, I don't think he's quite ready to go right now. So I, I would say for him, I think the best thing for him is to come back. Plus, he comes back next year. He works on those. Because I, I, to me, I'm high. Obviously, I'm higher on him than you guys are. But I think he's a very, I think he's a very good to great player right now at the college level. And I think if he comes back next year, he he makes some improvements on those little things that 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 I just pointed out. I mean, he's gonna be the man at Duke. He's gonna be the guy at Duke. So next year. So 
why not come back, be the best player on one of the best teams in the country, work on your game, and be the guy. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I think. That's what I think. Will it happen? Who knows? I that that would be my recommendation if, if I if I was looking at it. Um, next guy, um, Grayson Allen. He has to go. Got to go. Yeah. Should have left last year. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, his stock probably was higher last year. See, the, a lot of people make the a lot of people make the comparison between Luke Kennard and Grayson Allen because they were in the same boat that they were this year. Or Luke Kennard is in the same boat this year that Grayson Allen was last yeah, year. Yeah, Grayson was one of the best players in the country. Uh, gotta go. You know, so you guys think he should go definitely. Yeah, you gotta go. I mean, because you gotta think. Um, the more, like, the more, the more Coach K starts to recruit these phenomenons, these one-year wonders, these one-and-done kids, the less action you're going to get with the ball. Like, you really got, Grayson Allen stood out last year, but this year you really got to see how much better a Jason Tatum is than a Grayson Allen or Luke Kennard. Oh, yeah. You know, another kid comes in, he stays another year, and you got another freshman that comes in, 17, 8 years, 18 years old. And is the best player in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And then your, your start really drops because you're starting to compare. Like, it's hard to compare people who aren't on the same team. But it's easy to compare when they're on the same team, playing the same amount of minutes, who's getting the ball, why are you getting the ball, why are you get more touches. And then you start to understand who the better player is. And your stock just continues to drop. And there's going to be more. In the, in the NBA, you draft, you draft during the youth. I mean, it's a youth movement. So you, the younger you are, the better you are. Because the more yeah, for real. Because you could be in college, you stay in college three years. They tell me you old. Yeah, yeah. it's twenty. They're twenty years old. Yeah. But they tell me you're old. Because you know, they're only, the because they're only, because they're only looking at your the upside. Want a chance to mold people. And like you only, can't mold the 20, 21 year old, the twenty two year old. Well, you can, but it's harder when you, you get them when they're eighteen. So they're because they're looking at the upside because they mm-hmm. they look at it as a senior in college who's played four or three four to three three to four that's, years of college. They're thinking why? They're thinking why did you, think, why did yeah, you why that four years? Or or they also think about it. He's as good as he's ever going to be. Yep, yep. You reached your ceiling, which is kind of a, <laughs> which is kind of a dumb argument because you're not as good as you're going to be at 21 than you would be at 25 and at 30 and at 30. Like I, I've never really understood that argument. So it's always a, that's I personally I was, think guys. I personally think guys are a little more developed when they did stay three or four years. I agree. I agree. Well, yeah, I agree. Also, I think you have once in a generational players who can go from obviously. I mean, you always have those one year. You have years. you always have those one those 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 just those physical gifts of gods. Like obviously, Carl Anthony Towns was one of those. Porzingis was one of those. Kobe, LeBron, KG, 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 G. You know, physically, I'm talking yeah, about yeah, physically. yeah, the mental aspect. I mean, yeah, and, 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 that, and, that, and that goes into that too. Just a physical gift of God. Not even just, not even just the physical part of it, but also the whole package, everything. That's just a gift from God. Those guys are just, those those guys are just a rare breed. You know what I'm saying? So you're gonna have a. Well, I'm thinking the guys that stay three years, they're a little bit That's more what I'm mentally saying. developed. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, Porzingis would have succeeded. Whether he stayed one year, four years, five years, etc. Oh yeah, you know he's that's because different. He just was, he's just was a different LeBron James, that's Carl different. Anthony Kobe Tenor, Bryant, yeah. Yo, Kevin Garnett, those yeah. guys, they they cut from a different cloth. Exactly, but I think I I just hate the argument that oh well you stayed four years at Oklahoma so you're not going to be any good. Like I, I I don't understand that argument. I'm telling you right now, I would rather build around Buddy Hield than Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis stayed one year in college, and where's Tyler Ennis at? I mean, I like playing, I like those guys playing, playing mop-up duty for the Lakers. 
I mean, let's be real. But, but you can say the same thing, uh, you know, but you, your, your starting point guard in Los Angeles was a one-year kid. Yeah. And who would you rather build around, D'Angelo Russell, or would you rather build around Buddy Hill? If you ask me right now, I'll probably say Buddy Hill. No, I, I would pick the end. I think his potential is still too much. <laughs> I think with him, once he mentally, he just needed more time to mentally develop. Because like yeah. uh, no, Byron Scott was saying, the dude was like a 14-year-old when he came into the league. No, it's, it's, it's from each standpoint. I can understand both sides of it. I can, But I think like once you reach the two- to three-year plateau, I think at, at this point, the more you play with young guys, the the more, I mean, the less you're, I mean, the more you're going to decrease in value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. So you look at Grayson Allen. I think Grayson Allen was a top fifteen pick last year. Now they talking about the end of the first and round. Plus, and plus, and plus, so. and, and plus, is the is the is the shiny toy syndrome. You know what I'm saying? The the, the Jason Tatum yep. of the world are the shiny new toys. Wow, those are the iPhone eights, and those are the iPhone nines, and those are the those are the flip phones that can basically fly in the air, as opposed to the reliable BlackBerry that that gets the job done. You know what I'm saying? It's it's that it's that age old argument, you know what I mean? It's 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 that the shiny toy argument. So I, I mean, yeah. you can kind of go you can kind of go at it in many different ways. Um, and just to kind of wrap it up, Grayson. I, so let me give my little two cents on Grayson Allen. I, I personally, I don't think him and Luke will both come back. I think one or the other will come back. Um, if I had to choose right now, I think Grayson Allen. I think Grayson Allen leaves and Luke comes back. But like I said, I can see, but I definitely see one or the other coming back. I don't see both, especially with Wendell Carter, who they just signed, or they signed a couple months ago. Another shooting guard coming in. Mm -hmm. I don't see both of them coming back. Um, And then the last guy uh, is uh, Frank Jackson. He's definitely coming back. Yeah, yeah. Back. He's just yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely one of the kids. He's a coach K straight out of uh, recruitment, uh recruited. Like you can tell. He's coming back. I think he has potential though to, to, to be in the NBA, but I think he's coming back just because he, he seems like a kid that loves to be in school. Like he, he seems like he just loves it. He enjoys playing college basketball. Yeah, yeah he likes like the whole college experience. Yeah, college experience. Not he just, reminds me of not Joe just the basketball, Hill. but the whole thing. Yeah, he, his 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 personality and the way he treats college back, it reminds me of Joe Kim Noah when he was in Florida. You remember when he was like, mm-hmm. Joe Kim Noah should go to the NBA, and Joe Kim Noah was like, for what? Like, I'm having fun. Like, why the fuck would I go to plus, the NBA? Plus, Joe so, Kim Noah had a had a million at that too. So that, that that didn't hurt. Yeah, either. yeah, yeah. That, that didn't help. <laughs> that did, yeah, that did help. <laughs> that did help. But but, uh, but even though like he knew his at the end of the day he wanted to be a basketball player, a professional basketball player. Yeah, absolutely. NBA, no matter if you got money or if you don't, yeah. But if you enjoy it so much, it looks like he, like Jackson, looks like he's having fun out there playing when he plays with dude. Most people go out there and they be like, "Hey, man, this is just a job. This is to get me to the next level." Uh, Stepping stone. He, yeah, he doesn't seem that way. Jason Tatum seems like, "Hey, I'm a hoop, but look, nigga, like this ain't. This ain't <laughs> I'm not here for. I'm not here for Duke. Duke here for me type shit. Like, I'm, I'm looking out for Duke type shit right now. Like, I don't care where I go." <laughs> Jackson looks like he was a kid that wanted to go to Duke his whole life. Like it's it's Duke and only Duke, and I want to be a four year starter at Duke. You know th- that type of kid. So <laughs> I'm just saying it. It, think, it looks good. I think I think uh, Luke Kennard, I think Luke Kennard is the same way. I think Luke when he first got to the league. I think when he first got to Duke. I think Luke was that guy too. And I think eventually, 
I think what Luke will do is I think he'll enter the draft, but he won't hire an agent. I think he'll get some feedback, and then I think he'll weigh. Do I really want to go be, you know, the 15th pick and go play on a bad team, not develop, and, and stunt my development? Or do I want to come back to Duke and be the man? And I think that's what I think he'll weigh that. I think he'll weigh that. So we'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, man, moving on. Uh... To, to the tournament overall, man. What was kind of your snapshot to, of the entire tournament over the first weekend? I know we're, I, we're currently recording live during uh, the Sweet 16 games tonight, so um, we won't spoil it for anybody that's currently watching or whatever, but uh, you know, what was just you know, your, your, your snapshots to the first weekend of the tournament? The ACC uh, is overrated. Overrated! <laughs> What time? Does, what time does Maryland play this weekend? It, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Big Ten still in, right? Yeah, yeah. Big Ten still How many teams? Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Got a few teams left. Yeah, um, it ain't represented by Maryland. I know that. Hey, but it's, they ain't represented by ACC. Ain't represented by Duke either. Uh, right. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the, only, the only hope the ACC has left is North Carolina. Fuck ain't that sad? You got to root for North Carolina. I'm not. The the, trust me, I would um, root for North Carolina if I had cancer. So, um. That's my sponsors, though, in the real... You, you you argued to put nine teams in out of ACC, which I said was way too many. Way too many. You should have stopped at six, or maybe seven, but you got nine teams in, and you only made one team made it to the Sweet 16. We now, talked about this before the tournament even started, before they even made yeah, the picks. And we, and we were arguing this, and we had our, our esteemed hosts over there talking about, the ACC is loaded. The Pac-12 and the SEC are overrated. They're just... A Pac-12 is top-heavy, and that well, it looks like the the ACC wasn't heavy at all. Okay. Um, <laughs> we argued about the Duke being a two seed. That was my synopsis. This is what I honestly think Duke got what it deserved, wanting to be a two seed. Because I don't know how they became a two seed, but you gave them that two seed. You know how they became you a two seed. You should have been better off a three or four seed, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, you, yeah, uh, yeah. Hindsight, yeah, they should have got that three or four. Hey, you know, so. Um, Ah, it's hard, man. That's what I see. I think the Pac-12 is, is coming to a fruition. I think you're seeing how good the Pac-12 actually is. I think you're you're starting to appreciate the SEC a little bit now. Like, oh, shit. Like, when you start to see them, like you said, you don't see South Carolina games. So when you see Kentucky beat South Carolina twice, you're like, well, it's South Carolina. And then when you see South Carolina in the limelight, how, how defensively tough they are, how athletic they are, how they play in the end. You're like, damn, maybe South Carolina ain't a pushover. And, and Florida, and Florida, that's the But when you see them, when you see them in the national limelight against other teams, because you only see them when they play Kentucky. So you're like, oh shit, maybe they are a little bit better than what I thought they were. Instead of instead of focusing on your own conference, instead of just focusing on the ACC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, whatever it is, you start to see these kids from different conferences. You start to say, oh shit, maybe they can really play. Yeah. And what I took away from is Wisconsin was definitely underseeded big time. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah. Man, they said. I mean, they said Villanova big time with that one. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that was the trap of all traps, man. They trapped them with that one. But they won the national championship two years ago. That's what most people don't understand about that Wisconsin team. No, a lot they, of those no, they were not. No, 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 no,
They were the runner up. I'm sorry, three years ago. Three no, years ago. Who cares about Duke? No. Well, are we still talking about Duke? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, that definitely was a setup game because. <laughs> Woo! I was like, damn, they beat me, motherfucker. Like, they stole something. Like, come on. Get off Villanova neck like that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that would be my biggest observation of the tournament. Uh, uh, Wisconsin definitely beating Villanova. That that was that was to me eye opening. I mean, I kind of saw it coming in a way, but I kind of figured Villanova would still figure out a way to do it, figure out a way to win the game. But I mean, Bronson Koenig, Ethan Happ, uh, you know, what's the boy's name? Old dude name? I keep forgetting it. Um, Hayes? Yeah, Nigel Hayes. Hayes. Uh, we're just too tough. I mean, I, I think Wisconsin's going to the Final Four. I mean, I, I just think they're they're a talented team still. They're they're a gritty, tough team. They know how to play in, in, in this tournament. Um, Wisconsin's just battle-tested. I mean, that's the best thing I can say about Wisconsin. They're battle-tested, man. Um, so that was my snapshot um, of the tournament all weekend. As a whole, was just Wisconsin was underseeded. I thought Wichita State was underseeded because they should oh, yeah. they should have they should have easily beat Kentucky. Kentucky nah, nah, Kentucky I, got bailed out. Nah, I think Kentucky was just too talented for them. No, I think Wichita I think State got, got shafted being a Tennessee. I think they got fucked. Like yeah, they got screwed. They definitely were underseeded in this tournament. Yeah, you looking like come on? Why, why is Wichita State? Playing Kentucky, in playing the Kentucky round. in the second round. That, exactly, exactly. Yeah, like which exactly? Which star state deserved that? They didn't deserve that seating right there. Like, come on. But I, but I, but I, I wanted to go back to something that y'all said. You know about um, you know the ACC and, and look. Obviously, when you look at the, the by sheer volume, the ACC only has one team remaining. The Pac-12 still has all the three big teams remaining. Obviously, the Big East is being represented. Uh, the Big, t- you know, the Big Twelve. I think these things are cyclical, man. Honestly, I really do. I, I always kind of hate those arguments of, well, this conference was the great because we heard, you know, how many times we saw that a couple, a few, you know, even five, six, ten years ago with the Big East. Oh, the Big East got fifteen teams in, and then they all lose in the second round. Like, I feel like I mean, it's because when 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 the SEC is, has a plan for national championship games, you're the first person to yell the SEC is overrated. It is okay. Like, okay, so no, but, but 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 okay, but but here but here's the thing. If, if you're if you're just if you have no dog in the fight, if you were watching, if you just didn't watch basketball, college basketball on a daily basis, and you had to pick the talent of the SEC or the talent overall, I'm talking about the entire leagues combined, the talent of the SEC or the ACC, you're picking the ACC. Come on now, be be fair, be honest. You're picking the ACC. Not. Yes, you are. I think to me the best the best conference in college baseball is the Pac-12 right yeah. now. I disagree. I, think, yeah. I, disagree. I, I completely disagree. I completely disagree. More talent than anybody no, it doesn't. Else. The Pac-12 I, is very top-heavy. It's got three great teams. The, the, this, this, but this is hey, not, hey, this but hold on, hold on, hold on. You keep saying that about it's top-heavy, but what about USC? Because you argued up and down about how USC shouldn't be there, and, and Cal should have been there, and USC damn near messed a lot. They beat the hell out of two. So people do you guys agree? Do you guys, okay, so do you guys agree? Okay, so do you guys agree? They should be Baylor. Do you guys agree that some teams just get hot in this tournament? Like, I don't think this team, I don't think this this tournament is is a representation of the entire year as a whole because I think it's very different a, a four to five month season as opposed to three weeks. 
Like, I feel like you can't, like, sometimes I think USC is a, it's a decent team. It's a nice team. But are they as good as they played in this tournament as, a, as opposed to what they were for, you know, four or five months? No, I don't think so. Like, l- l- let me finish. Let me finish. Like, I think the, I think the Pac-12 gets the shine is because they have three, no doubt about it, great teams. Or at least very good teams. So the ACC is full of mediocre teams. No, of mediocre no. I think, I think. Listen, listen, listen. This is how I would break down the AC, the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 has is is top heavy, and then they have a very good to great top. They have an average middle, and they have a terrible bottom. The ACC as a whole has got a pretty good top, eh, a good middle, and a eh, bottom. Overall, like to me, if you take all right, so take if you put Clemson in the Pac-12, Clemson is the sixth best team in the Pac-12, easily. You don't know that though. You don't know that. You don't, yeah, know, you don't know that. Okay, so you put USC in the. Okay, so if you put USC in the ACC, what happens? You don't know. They're Clemson. You don't know. Listen, because you have to understand that USC plays UCLA twice a year. They play goddamn um, Arizona. Arizona twice a year. And then they play Oregon twice a year. Okay. So you don't know what that does to you when you go play. Let's say when you go play Oregon um, or Oregon. Yeah, you go play Oregon. And then you come back and you got to play USC. And then right after that, you got to play UCLA. That's an easy three-game losing streak because you're looking at the two big dogs on the ends. Oh, you and, can and, easily and, lose and, that and, middle and game. Clemson plays so you They play North that. Carolina. They play Syracuse. They play Louisville. Really? Yes. Really? Okay, Syracuse. Okay. Syracuse. Okay. So if you put Syracuse in, so if you okay, so if you put. I think the Pac-12 is better than the ACC. I disagree. And it's obviously been shown. I said this before the tournament, and it's obviously be shown and reflected in the Sweet 16. It's obviously. Uh, okay. There's there's no there's no argument to that. And it'll be proven. It'll be proven when UCLA uh. If, if you have the best teams, you should be playing right now. There's no, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The best team always wins. Yeah, because if you, if it was the best team, doesn't always win in college. The best team does not always win in college. Teams that won, he wouldn't, he would be having a different argument. The best team doesn't always win in college. That's the beauty of college basketball. The best team doesn't always win. No, they do not. Okay, you got nine. You had nine in. The odds are in your favor when you have nine teams in the tournament. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. And you should have at least four. You should at least have four teams that advance this Let me ask you a question. And if, and if all eight, eight of them lost by now, if, if you only got one in the Sweet 16, that means yeah, you were kind of overrated. Man. Yeah, because they should have. At least they should have had Louisville, Duke, mm-hmm. North Carolina, and Notre Dame, and let, we all had all four of them picked. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. And now there's only North Carolina. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask both of y'all a question. In 2010, the 2010 college basketball season, who was the best team? Duke won the national championship, but who was the best team? That was the John Shire, Kyle Singler, Lance Thomas, Nolan Smith team. Who won the national? Duke won the national championship that year against Baylor. But who was who was the best team in the country that year? Okay. All right, Kentucky was the best team in the country. That's the year they had John Wall. They had DeMarcus Cousins. They had... Uh... No, no, they were the most talented team. Yeah. I mean, they were the best team. See, you're, you're confusing talent with best. Like, you're, you're confusing the two words. That Kentucky that's like team... When Wisconsin, that's like when Wisconsin beat uh, Kentucky that year yeah. that they, was, they were going. Wisconsin Kentucky was the had best the most talented team. That year. 
that, that year when, when Wisconsin beat Kentucky, Wisconsin was the better team. Yeah. Kentucky had the most talent. So you're confusing talent and... So you, th- so and, you, so you really believe that the best the, team always wins in college basketball? Yes. I think I, the I best team always wins when you come in the tournament. Like I disagree. This. Yes. I disagree. That's why you see... That's why you, why you see when you see an underdog, right? You see a team like a Wichita State a couple of years ago or a team that comes out of nowhere. You're like, oh my man. gosh. How did they surprise? They were the better team. Just when you get five freshmen and you play them together, they're not going to be better than five seniors. I don't give I don't give a fuck how talented you are. Like at, at a point, because the game is breaking down to who can run their offense. Because how many how many championships did the five five win? Exactly. Most talented team, not best team. I get that. I, I I completely agree with that. And I would I would throw Duke into that category. I think Duke was the most talented when everybody was healthy and on one page. Yes. Duke was the most talented team in the country this year. Yes. But they, they just didn't get it. I get that. They weren't the best team. But this is what I'm saying. My argument with you is you said that the most ta- the best team always wins in college basketball, and I completely disagree with that. I completely disagree that the best team always wins. Now in the NBA, the best team always wins. The best team always wins nine out of ten times. Yes, you have your Dallas Mavericks years where a team out of nowhere gets hot and wins. You know what I'm saying? You have one of those. I think last year, clearly, Golden State was the better team. But LeBron just got on a on a run for the ages, and the Cavaliers upset them. You always have those years here and there. But for the most part, eight out of ten, nine out of ten years, the best team always wins in basketball. College basketball is a little different. I think the tournament is a lot like the baseball postseason. It's about, you know, a team gets hot, a team starts hitting their jump shots, they get confident, they get hot, they make a run. I, I really believe that. I really believe that. I don't, I don't, I, now, of course, you can make the case that, well, the team that won the national championship is the best team because they won the national championship. Of course, you can, you can always make that case. I, I just don't always agree that the best team is legitimately always the champion in, in college basketball. And I'll throw my Duke team into that. I, I I don't think we were the best team in the country in 2010. Um, but moving on, man, we're not gonna agree. We're gonna sit here and go in circles on this Pac-12, uh, you know, SEC argument. Or SEC, the SEC is better. ACC is better. Pac-12. These things are cyclical, man. If the ACC, we're really trying to say they better. We're just saying they were better than what you gave them credit for. Yeah, exactly. But I never bashed the I never bashed the Pac-12. I said the Pac-12 has t- three great teams, and then the rest of the Pac-12 is eh. That's what I said. That's what I said. You put USC in the ACC. What happens? You don't know. That's what I'm saying. You can't say that. You can't. Okay, say then that. I, I can say the same thing. I can say the same thing about Clemson. I, if I put Clemson in the ACC in the in the Pac-12, I, I, that's I, exactly what I said. You, yeah, he don't, said we don't know. We don't know what they'll do. You don't know. You don't know when you start playing these powerhouses on, and you got a three-game stretch, and they on each end of your goddamn the three-game the three-game streak. You lose three in a row. Shit, that could be your season. You could start. You can start going down trail. You don't know. I feel you. I absolutely feel you. Absolutely feel you. That's why it's a beautiful argument. It's a beautiful argument, man. Let's move on, man. Let's move on. Because we're not going to get anywhere with that, man. We're not going to get anywhere with that. Uh, Let's talk about uh, something that really, 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 really irked me this past weekend. Not not Duke losing. That, That devastated me more than irked me. Uh, something that really just pissed me off, man. Yeah, what's up? Oh, what's up? LeBron James 
Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and the entire Cleveland Cavaliers organization making a mockery of the NBA season. And, and oh, spoiler alert, this is about to be a rant, so bear with me. This shit has got a, Adam Silver, the NBA Board of Governors, I don't know what y'all got to do, but this shit's got to stop. This is, this is becoming, this is an epidemic now. Like, let's call it what it is, this is an epidemic. This shit is disgraceful. And I'm not, and I'm not going to just rag on this because it's LeBron and I hate LeBron. Because every team does it now. Every team does it now. I mean, you got losing teams doing this shit. I couldn't believe it in December when the Kings gave the Marcus Cousins a night off at the 20th game of the season. I couldn't believe that shit. I'm like, first of all, the Kings. The Kings can afford to give the Marcus Cousins a night off? Really? Really? The Kings who have been a disaster for 10 years. Really? That's what, that's what, that's what we're going to do? Oh, okay. But... This shit has got to stop, man. This is this is disgusting. This is making a mockery of the NBA regular season. The NBA regular season means... I mean, we always knew that the NBA regular season was, was not as great as everybody hyped it out to be or the league wants you to think it is. But now it's just an embarrassment. Now it's just meaningless. Because when you have great players basically saying, eh, call me in April. It's, an, it's, an, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. And for the Cavaliers to sit basically their three best players, and, and, and it's one thing, it's one thing if the Cavaliers, you know, decided to rest LeBron, the big three, in game 78 of the regular season, again, you know, a home-and-home home against the, the Nets. I don't like it, but I can understand it. If they decided to rest their players, you know. Uh, 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 yeah, because they even do that in the NFL. They do that in the NFL. Like, no, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. Not like, not to this effect, man. Can, can you? Uh, I'll get to it. Let me, let me finish. About let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. At game 77, 78 or something. Let me finish. Let me finish. What happened the other night is, can you imagine Tom Brady, you know, in week six? Eh, yeah. I don't want to play the Colts. Oh, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to play the Colts. I'm just going to rest up for the, you know, my leg has been a little sore, you know, I've already won five championships. I, you know, I'll take a break. I, I you know, I, I play next week. I play two weeks, coach. Can you imagine that? That's a different. But that's not fair. That's not fair. It's a different sport, like you said. I get it. It's not fair. It's not fair to compare different sports. You know, it's a different mentality, a different culture. I get that. But can you imagine Michael Jordan in game 60 in 1997 telling Phil Jackson, you know what? I don't wanna, I'm not playing against. I'm not playing against the Knicks in the Garden. Oh, I'm not, oh, forget that. I'm not playing against the Lakers and Shaq and, and, and Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones in, in L.A. at the at the forum. Yeah, I'll take the night off. I got to rest up for... Uh, I got to rest up for... Let me just... I got to rest up for... It was interesting. I was watching the Knicks and the Jazz game the other night, and they asked um, John Stockton the same question about how he felt about it. And uh, he was like, hey, I mean, I, I played all 82 games. I loved every minute, and I wasn't. I would never want to take a, a a day off. So I think it's a different mentality too. Yep. Because well, every I'm, time I've seen them ask somebody like that from that era, from the eighties, nineties, any of the other old school players, they're like, "What? Taking games off? Like that sounds crazy to them." And that's why I think you see, and that's why I think you see the old school player ragging on the new school player because I think they feel like these guys are soft. They're pampered. It's that AAU mentality that they come in, like, oh, we'll play what we want to play. You know what I'm saying? We want to play with our friends. You know, you know, 
they're, and also, they're, they're not interested in the chase anymore. They're interested in, you know, you got guys that have been in the league five years. When am I going to win a championship? Like, what? <laughs> like, and also, another aspect of this is that these dudes are sitting up and taking these games off. It's the, it's the games that they're doing on, too. Like, why are you doing it on a Saturday night prime game? That's when these dudes are doing it. Exactly. And you guys just got all this money from this new uh, deal. You're about to get no, more money next year. That's what they're paying you all this money for. Exactly. It's for you to play on prime games. Y'all just got paid, and now y'all sitting these games out. That's the bullshit right there. Yeah, absolutely this is where y'all bullshit. getting all this goddamn money from. Some of these mediocre players, too, are getting paid. That's mm-hmm. where you're getting paid from. It's from this damn TV deal that y'all are sitting games out on. And this is the other aspect of the sensing, right? From the fan perspective, man. Uh, you know, can you imagine if you were a middle-class family that can't afford to go to games all the time, and the one time you can take your father, you know, you're a father, you can take your, you can take your son to, you know, there's a Clipper fan out there. There's a Clipper fan, a family of Clipper fans out there, right? You know what I'm saying? You got a son that's a huge, you know, Clipper fan, and he might want to see LeBron James play. This might be the only time in his life that he might get to see LeBron James play in real time, in real life. And LeBron James decided, eh, you know what, kid? I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I gotta get ready for. I gotta get ready to destroy Milwaukee in four games in two months. <laughs> See you then. Yeah, so that's that's what I used to do when the Sonics were up here. That's the only way I would go to a game. I wouldn't go to a game if they were playing like the Bucks or something. But when LeBron James came up here, back when the Sonics were playing, I went to the game. When Kobe came up here, I went to the game. Those were the only games I was going to. Was when there was a superstar coming. So back then, I would have been pissed off too if I went to a game and LeBron James wasn't playing. I'd been mad as hell. And the thing is, also, if I, if I'm if I'm TNT, if I'm Turner Sports, if I'm ESPN, I'm on the phone the next morning with Adam. Hey Adam, I'm giving you fourteen billion dollars for the NBA. The, the NBA TV contract. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the TV NBA, deal. The TV, that's, that's... the TV contract is twenty one billion, nigga. If I'm if I'm John Skipper at ESPN, I'm like, uh, Adam, put the put the put the biscuit and coffee down. Um, what the hell is your league doing? I'm paying I'm paying eleven billion dollars for these games, and you got your star player sitting out in LA, a marquee matchup. I mean, this isn't you know Cavaliers Lakers. I mean, this is Cavaliers Clippers. Your guys. They decided. played the Lakers game. They set out the Clippers game and played the Lakers game. Yeah. I'm, the league needs to do something, man. The league seriously, seriously needs to do something because this is becoming an epidemic. This is becoming a disgrace. You're, you are basically, you are basically, what, what you're seeing here is you have your star players, your best players in your sport, saying, "We don't care about the regular season. We don't care about the." Re-. And it's one thing for fans to say that. It's one thing for fans to say that because the NHL goes to the same thing. The NHL regular season is long and drawn out, but those players play their hearts out for 82 games. When your when your best players are saying, you know what, call me. Especially April. when they're not hurt. Like if they got an injury or something, okay, all right, maybe you know, it still sucks. But these dudes not even hurt. They're not even hurt. And and the person I blame for this is Greg Popovich. He started this. Show. Ooh, that's what I thought. Ooh, ooh, because I was waiting to talk. So mm-hmm. I hear all this. I hear all this defaming. I think it's a big thing because LeBron did it this week. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was wrong when, when no. Pop was doing it, too. But I'm saying, when they shit Greg. last week or two weeks ago when Golden State said every motherfucking body. Oh, no. I didn't like it when they did it either. I'm talking hold about, on. Hold on. I'm talking I'm just about saying. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, LeBron does it. It's a, uh, like what LeBron said a couple of years ago. When there ain't no milk in the grocery store, bring LeBron James. Like, don't. You can't. You can't stop it now. We're at this point. 
Greg yeah, Popovich yes, did can. it with Tim yes, Duncan. You can. Yes, you can. Started you can stop it now. You can stop it now. Yes, you can. Listen, no, you can't. Yes, you can't. You, can. you can't say, hey, it was okay then, but since you're LeBron James, you can't do it. You can't take a night off. But that's the thing. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not looking at it as just LeBron James. I don't like when anybody does it. Yeah, I don't like it when anybody does it either. I totally agree. If you if you if you're healthy, you should play. But then yeah. again, you have to look at it from the standpoint of the player when they've been saying, hey, you're playing us four games in five nights. You're making your money, you billionaire. And this is the only way we don't like we don't like protest protesting when it's not on our terms. This is I think is the way the players protesting. You're not gonna play me on a back to back. We have enough days, we have enough travel where you so, can play me every other day. So there's a scheduling. So they, they, they've been complaining. They, Hold on, they've been complaining the last five years about this 82 game schedule where it shouldn't be 82 games. They're not gonna cut their games. They said, hey, we shouldn't be playing 82 games. Like, cause like Manny said, nobody cares about basketball until after football's over. So around after Christmas, the Christmas time game is when basketball starts for us. Everybody knows that. Prime time Christmas time basketball, that's when you start paying attention. The new year rolls around. This is when you start worrying about the NBA. So 82 games, you're starting to look at it. You look at that Cleveland squad, they get hurt every goddamn 10 games. It ain't like all them dudes is playing every week. Outside of LeBron James, everybody's hurt. This is what is your argument to that? Analytics say the and you brought and people brought the the NBA willingly brought analytics into the game. They willingly brought it to the forefront. First of all, analytics say you shouldn't play back to backs. First they of say all. when you get tired, you're more injury prone. Listen. So it's a scheduling issue. If they change the scheduling, then yeah. not the games, but change the scheduling. That's, that's been the big thing. You have to either downsize games or you change the schedule. They're not downsizing games because they're not going to take their hits to revenue. Exactly. That's, so gonna... at one point, you're going to say you're making all this money, but you think about it. Like you think about a not the mediocre player, but you think about a LeBron James, how much money he really should make in the NBA. If LeBron James say, I want to take a day off, he should be able to take a day off. So, because if he's playing in the free market, LeBron James is making $100 million a year. LeBron James can say, hey, man, I'm underpaid. Here's I don't get paid enough to play 82 games. Here's, here's my thing, Ruth. Here's my thing. And you bring so, it, and you, but what I think about, well, what about, were they playing these back-to-backs five years ago, ten years ago? Yeah, that's not, yeah. But it, but then age also comes to it also. You got to look at, LeBron James has been playing seven or eight straight summers. No, but I mean, the the last, the previous generation, like I was saying earlier, with Stockton, Malone, Barkley, Jordan, were these guys playing the same type of schedule? Um, I believe yes. so. yes. I understand. I understand why the I understand why the 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 prior generation of players are upset. They like, hey, we played through this, but then again, you can't you can't get mad for progression. That's like me getting mad because you used to sit on the back of the bus and I don't no more. You get mad at me. He got all that freedom. Don't get mad at me for the freedom. They, I, I appreciate you gave me gave me this path. However, now it's upon it's upon me to to move it forward. Shit, that's like Oscar Robinson getting mad that you got you riding on a private jet, and they used to have to fly, uh, fly public. Oh yeah, they have to get up fly here's, first thing in the morning. Yeah, my... you can't. See, well, I would have done this. Well, so you don't know what you would have done if you're in this generation. So you're saying because they have the opportunity. Yeah, your vibe is there for them. Yeah, your, your, your the whole system changes. The, the, the culture is changing. The culture in the NBA has changed. There's no like you ain't able to fight no more. You ain't able to go in the stands and smack nobody no more. You ain't able to do this shit no more. So I, I don't like when people from the past say, well, back in my day, yeah, in your day, LeBron James would have played 82 games because that was the culture. In your day, Steph Curry would have played 82 games because that was your culture. This isn't the culture anymore. The culture has changed. Listen. Everybody's part of it. The fan, the player, 
ownership, the commissioner, everybody's a part of it. Back then, David Stern would have sued. They, they, man, he would have, he would have fired the shit out of you. Adam Silver was a, a players commissioner. He's not going to do that. That's not oh, what he's he, going to do. Oh, so, do if anything, that. for me, I don't want to see any more sitting out. But they can do something about the scheduling because they're not going to cut yeah, games. I see the schedule. Guys aren't going to play back to backs, man. That's that's just it. They're not going to play it. They've already. That's their stance. We're not playing back to backs and getting hurt. We're not going to do it. Listen, can I respond? Can I respond to what you said? First of all, fuck. Or at least they can cut minutes. If they're not, don't sit him out. But at least let him play. Reduces minutes then. Yeah. Listen, I, I agree. I don't like to sit out either. I don't like to sit out. But and then the owners aren't. They don't care about you buying your individual ticket. They don't care about you going to that one game. They care about people who are the lifetime, the the season pay, uh, ticket holders. Those are the people they care about. And and all honesty, when you buy a ticket the day of the game, a week before the game, they don't even see the revenue for that 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 ticket. They see the ticket. They they worry about their season ticket holders. And when they sell those tickets, they get the revenue. That's how they make their money. That individual ticket you buy off. Uh, uh, sports stubs or or the NBA.com, yeah, yeah, they don't already, get that those money. Been sold they don't care. Yeah, those you spend three hundred percent above those market already, value for the already, ticket. The ticket was already sold. Listen, can, can I can I respond? Man? Listen, first of all, fuck analytics. Analytics is my biggest issue that I have with baseball now, and I and I hate that the fact that it's infiltrating its way into basketball. Analytics is stupid. It's an, it's a numbers don't. But you, it's you can't say that because numbers don't lie. You can't say fuck science. No, I, it's not science. It's these <laughs> geeks that sit in a lab and think that they can reinvent the wheel. And, and, and think that oh well I think that you shouldn't string at a high fastball because high fastball. Well, no, no, you can't really fastball. say that because no. when it comes to other issues, no, like let me finish. Let me finish. Global warming. Let me finish. You got, you got people saying global warming doesn't exist, even though you got all these scientists using analytics that show this true. You can't say fuck it. It's the same thing. Man, he wants to use it when it's convenient for him. No, it's not convenient. <laughs> I, I want to use it when it's about nature. When it's about when it's about when it's about science. Well, not when it's about analytics. Oh, can I finish? Can I get my point out, please? <laughs> My problem, my problem is, my problem is with this whole thing is okay. You made great points about. First of all, this isn't progression. The, the, the idea that this is progression, no. The fact is, ten years ago they played the same schedule. The scheduling has always been a problem in any sport. Baseball, for one, is a he. Nobody has a tougher schedule than baseball. They play 162 games in 188 days. Nobody has a tougher schedule. My thing is. Okay, and players in baseball complain about the schedule all the time. They play. They complain also, about the contracts. Let, let me finish. Let me finish. They complain about the they complain about the schedule all the time. But I like to think that Derek Jeter is gonna play against the Tampa Bay Rays on a Sunday go you know getaway game. He's gonna play that game unless he's just physically ill or by by his manager's choice he's gonna give him a break. Derek Jeter's going to play that game. He's not going to sit there and say, well, I'm not going to play this, this June game on a Sunday at, in Tampa against the lowly Rays because, you know, i got to get ready for the Red Sox in October. That's bullshit to me. I'm sorry. That's not progression. That's not, that's not forward thinking. That's laziness. That's laziness. And I'm sorry. 82 games is what you signed up to play. When you signed your name on that dotted contract, it's 82 fucking games. It's not 86. It's not 86. It's not 56. It's 82. Play the 82 games. You're making a mockery of the fucking season. When you, when the, difference, the difference is you're crossing sports. So in baseball, which is a, a, a capitalist sport, which is a guaranteed contract, capitalist sport, right? If a LeBron James go, 
played baseball and they said he was worth $100 million, LeBron James will get $100 million a year. No matter what you say, if his value is at that market, is at that market. A player like LeBron James can say, hey, I'm underpaid. I am worth $100 million a year to this franchise, but you only pay me $30 million. You owe me seventy million dollars. Are you understanding it? Are so you understanding? Is so, not, so is Mike Trout underpaid? Me at a cheaper so, concept. So is no, Mike Trout you're basically not giving me at a cheaper value. So is Mike Trout not underpaid? Huh? So is Mike Trout underpaid? Tom Brady. Uh, Tom, Tom Brady's uh, underpaid. Yes. Mike Trout is underpaid. Yeah. But 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 you're not paying. Leonel Messi's eventually underpaid. Mike, Mike, eventually, Mike Trout is going to be overpaid. That doesn't happen in basketball. Albert Pujols is overpaid. It, it, it doesn't happen? It doesn't happen no, in basketball? No, listen, listen, eventually it happens in baseball. Bobby Bonilla, we just had this conversation last time I seen you. Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid by the, Met, the Mets, right? <laughs> this won't happen in basketball. So, this won't happen. So in, ba- so in, ba- so in basketball, they don't overpay people. I'm just saying. After Shandon done, Anderson, you, you Ben to, Baker, Allen Houston, Eddie Curry, uh, Andrew Bynum. Hey. Um, now, are they are they are they uh, LeBron James? Because we're talking about the I'm people not who are saying, sitting I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. You just the, said the, you just said that the players don't get overpaid in the NBA. Mike Conley got 150 million dollars. Mike Conley. He's probably worth 150 million dollars no to Memphis. Uh, Memphis. Look, look, stop! Come on now. That's that's that's, that's, that's insulting. Come on now. You're not in the Memphis area. You don't go to these games. You don't watch the games. You don't watch the Grizzlies. Elvis is worth one hundred and fifty million dollars to Memphis. Not no damn Mike Conley. Are we talking about market value, or are we talking about just value to the team? I'm just talking about value to the team. I'm talking about to to the area and to the team. So when you put a person like let's say because people are gonna pay to come see Mike Conley. No, they're gonna pay to go. They're gonna pay to see Mark Gasol before they play Mike Conley. They're gonna pay to go see Tony Allen before they go to say Mike Conley. Well, what I'm saying is. Their argument to that is, I'm worth so much more. I'm worth so much more, even in the community, that market, on TV. You you know, you just said they made a $21 billion deal, right? We signed up with TV for a $21 billion television deal. That's not even their, their main revenue, but that's a huge part, chunk of their revenue, right? Now, if you added up the total salaries of everybody in the NBA, I'm pretty sure it's not close to half of that. Um, would they get 48% of the revenue that goes into the teams? Something like so that. So 52% exactly goes to the owners? Yeah, it's 52% yeah, to the like owners that. and I think 48 to the players. So they can argue that they're underpaid. They're, they can argue there's there's a better way to, to do this schedule without me hurting myself and never being paid again, played again. I get what you're saying, man. I mean, it, it, we're not going to have this. It's, it's, a, it's an argument you really can't win about – you know, players resting. I just, I think it's a bad look for the league, man. Personally, I think it's a bad look for the league. I think it sends a bad message. I, I can see both sides of the argument. I mean, I really can, but I just think, I think overall, it just sends a bad, a bad message, man. But we got to get out of here, man. We got a short, abbreviated show for y'all this week. Uh, so we're gonna do the fouls of the week real quick before we get out of here, man. Uh, fouls of the week, gentlemen. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Trump. I'm gonna go with Trump talking about NFL teams don't want to hire, don't want to uh, sign Kaepernick because they don't want to get a nasty tweet from him. Man, get up out of here. That's not that's not what it is. So the follow of the week goes to all these teams that don't want to sign Kaepernick and lying about why they don't want to sign him, and all these stupid uh, idiot ass people that believe Trump that that's the reason why. It, it, it's dumb. Fucking idiot. Follow the week goes to. To all these stupid ass teams that won't sign Kaepernick, but will sign bums like Mike Glennon. 
foul of the week, foul of the year, foul of the century is Donald Trump as president. But anyway, Luke, foul right. of the week. My foul of the week is to ESPN for not playing the World Basketball Classic on ESPN two or ESPN. But they did on um, ESPN two in Espanol. It was in. It was on ESPN Deportes. <laughs> no, it wasn't on ESPN two. It was on ESPN Deportes. Come on, man! I had to watch it in Spanish, man. Listen, I know my name is Anthony Lorenzo Lucas, but I don't know a lick of Spanish, man. So, um, so you don't. So, you don't got. You don't um, MLB Network. If you wanted the the WBC to be a major thing in America, and then the US won it. Shout out to the US. Shout out to the US. One eight zero over Puerto Rico. You should. You could have put it on ABC. You own ABC too. You could have put it somewhere, man. You could have put it on ESPN three, ESPN News. You put. I get it. You put it on ESPN the both this. Good thing I got the uh, SAP channel on my goddamn. Oh. Well, that shit threw me too. I can see it in, in English, but I couldn't follow it in. Uh, yeah, uh, everybody ain't like a host here that's bilingual. Yeah, everybody ain't bilingual like Manny here, man. Everybody you don't look like MLB Network. You know, half black and shit. You guys so, have uh, MLB Network. Um, but that's that's my foul of the week. You guys could have <laughs> did better with the the whole World Baseball Classic. Agreed. If you want us to care, you have to put it on the channels, man, for us to watch. Agreed. And I watched it all the way up until the you know I, I watched all the U.S. games. You know why they did that though, Luke? Because they figured uh, probably they thought Puerto Rico was going to win, and they knew most of the Spanish-speaking people in America were going to watch it, and they were yeah. probably oh, ah. Puerto Rico, go by Boricos, and they were, hey man, this shit ain't work out for them. Um, and you know, I can go on the the, the Molina rant when you talking about some Adam Jones should apologize to him. That's another part of my shout out to my foul. Talking some, he owes you an apology. <laughs> Because he hyped up his team because you playing the parade before the goddamn championship was over. Nobody celebrates being a loser, Yadier Molina. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't lie and say you were playing in a parade regardless. You knew you was planning on winning. And uh shit, you're a part of the US anyway. You're a part of you're a US territory. You're a US citizen. Like, don't all right, man. get get out of here, all that BS. Like, come on, man. You're an American. Stop, stop, stop with all that. Stop. All right, man. My foul of the week, because we gotta go. Foul of the week for me is Brad Underwood, man. The new head coach of Illinois, formerly the head coach of uh um of Okie State. Uh, head coach, formerly the head coach of uh, Oklahoma State, man. Do you guys see what he did, man? He he fucking took the job at Illinois after only being in Okie State for one year. One year after he came from mid-Tennessee State. You know, these coaches, man, these coaches are sacks of shit. I'll, I'll just put it that way. They're sacks of shit. They preach leadership. They preach, you know, being accountable and, and, and being, you know, this, that, and the other. And they're money for being a team player. Yep. Yep. But when it comes to their next contract, when it comes to the next job, they're 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 willing to they'll they'll do anything. They'll cut any player, they'll go to any job, they'll they'll leave guys high and dry. These coaches are something else, man. It's a it's a joke. It's a joke, man. It's a joke. I wish I could get into it more, but we're running out of time. That's my foul of the week, man. Brad Underwood. A joke. You only gave Oklahoma State one year, really? One year? You couldn't have at least two, three. At least two or three. One year, terrible. He probably, he probably didn't think he was going to get whatever they offered him. He probably didn't think he was going to see that in two, three years, probably. Damn that, Which is still wrong. It's Damn still that. wrong. Damn but. that. Damn that. But we're going to get ready to get up out of here, man. Abbreviated show this week, man. Uh, but we're going to come back at y'all with a full episode next Wednesday, hopefully, if uh, Tacoma Public Utilities act the fuck right. Um, but we'll holler at y'all next Wednesday, man. Like always, man, follow the show on Facebook, The Technical Foul Podcast, on Twitter at TF Podcast One or DTF Podcast One. 
Uh, we're also on YouTube, getting ready to get that started and going. I keep saying that every week, working on it, man. I'm a busy man. But uh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Surely but slowly. Uh, and yeah, man, listen to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, all of that, man. Support the show, man. Support the show. Thank you for the support, uh, the love, the likes, everything, man. We appreciate everything, man. Uh, for my co-hosts, Anthony Lucas and Big Mo, we are out of here. Peace. Here we are. We got, we got two minutes before they send the glue squad for you. <laughs> I'm recording at the library. They kicking motherfuckers out, like. At 8.58, man. So I got to go, man. Got to go. But uh, I'll holler at y'all next week, man. Peace. All right. Yep. See y'all, man. Appreciate it.